Final Fantasy, colon, The Spirits Within, released July 11th, 2001, our second ever Final Fantasy movie. Yeah, sort of. Sort of. <laughs> I'm Delavento. I'm Nick Nundall. And this is Attract Mode. So, Nick, I have I have one question at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. at the top of this episode. Why did they make this a Final Fantasy movie? Yeah, what the hell did I just watch? Wait, is that your question? That is literally my question. <laughs> what did yeah. I just consume? It's so baffling that this is called Final Fantasy because there's so little about it that resonates with Final Fantasy in any way at all. There, there, there are some, there are some motifs. So, okay, maybe there's a name take, drop. There's you know? a name drop um, yeah. that, that that you see a lot in in Final Fantasy games. Let's take a step back further. How many, fi- like, how attached are you to the Final Fantasy franchise? So, I would say I am a, a novice with, okay. you know, like, like I'm, I'm at the teetering edge beyond novice. I'm not beyond it, but I'm, I'm about to step sure. over that line, maybe. Like, which ones I've, have I've, you played? I've played the original Final Fantasy. Okay. I've played a bunch of the other sprightly Final Fantasies okay. in between, but not like, you know, not not a great deal. Um, and I've played seven. Of course. And then I've dabbled in eight and nine, and I've seen other people play the ones beyond that. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. Know? I um, have. For me, it's it's one. Um, one of the handheld Final Fantasy tactics and then a little bit of 15 and that's it. Okay. Yeah. And and I got to say the franchise has like moved in a direction that isn't like I'm not the modern Final Fantasy fan. Sure, I like sure. old Final Fantasy like yeah. very fantasy root. You, you're not kind a weeb of, uh, is what thing. you're saying. But but I do love 7. I love the mix of magic and technology in that yeah. and and the style, right? Like it had that anime stylization. So that is where I do kind of lean weeb, I guess, where like that stuff <laughs> you're you're weeb curious yeah yeah <laughs> so that stuff appeals to me and i remember being in high school when this movie came out and being like oh my god this is going to be amazing it's going to be so good mm-hmm. because they're going to take that game that is like a little bit too cumbersome as a video game because seven was so like weighty for my it was like what four high discs brain three discs yeah yeah um it was just too much for my high school brain which is embarrassing because like Joe, my younger brother, was still playing it, like and getting all of it. Like <laughs> I like yeah. how you said Joe, my brother, my younger brother, as if it's not a person we are intimately familiar right. with on well, this show. I, I just wanted to clarify that the reason it's embarrassing is because he was younger than me and was like enjoying it more than I was. Got it. But I was like, this is cool. Make that into a movie. I can enjoy it. I can consume yeah. it. And then I remembered being just like so mindlessly bored for two hours in the theater. I wanted to die. I wanted to leave. I didn't do anything but watch that movie. Um, I will say the pacing of this, well, maybe not the pacing, the editing of some of the scenes, like transition between scenes is so baffling because there are parts mm-hmm. where they hit you with like, 
some legitimate like emotionally impactful stuff and then it's like all right on now to the next scene like yeah like get your tears in while you can moving on um i also watched it on pluto tv for hey, free which has which has ads built into it and of course it being a theatrical film doesn't have naturally natural like ad bumpers in yeah, it yeah like breakpoints yeah so there are scenes where it was like this very dramatic moment that was like swelling to something it's like have you used good rx good rx <laughs> can get you discounts on your on your medical prescriptions just go to goodrx.com and then back to like the drama or like the action scene or whatever <laughs> um but yeah I, being someone that's never played seven but has obviously absorbed enough about seven through cultural osmosis yeah being in video games it's like part of me this entire time watching this movie thought is this not just a prequel to seven like this has to be related in some way to seven like i can absolutely see that i wish they had gone with something that obvious but like even if it even if you see it as that like it doesn't have the charm of seven right like the stylistic charm like if you saw signs of like that culture starting and you could imagine like, oh, it goes from this to that, that could work. But no, definitely not. <laughs> like, but Earth is not a place in seven, right? Right. It's like, don't, don't they call it Midgard? Yeah. Or Midgar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's very Norse mythology kind of thing. Um, but couldn't it be Earth? I don't know. Like with, uh, by Maybe. a different name? Like uh, who knows? Yeah. You know? Because like some of the same, like there's so many motifs and like you know the idea of like spirits and energy and like mm-hmm. you know kind of like environmentalism and then like yeah. this kind of like proto cyber like industrial cyberpunk and like green glowing like lights <laughs> and like phosphorescent lights yeah. yeah um i was like this has to be like this has to be what this is right it's just like building up to that but i guess not i don't no. know i didn't read any like of the trivia that's you know you're the trivia master so i don't know sure. if there's like i'm the master <laughs> now the the funny trivia about this movie is not to do with the plot at all which seems to have been uh the plot was written in three weeks so i guess i could say that part i could say, okay. I, could, I could do that uh they <laughs> the, there the, were versions the, the, <laughs> the, the, the markings of a, of a great script yeah. Uh, there were versions of the script that were written and had to be like they, they they called in somebody and said like hey can you doctor this up and he was like nope i cannot doctor this this is too bad i'm gonna have to start over and he completely scrapped it and made a whole new script in three weeks and what came of it was a mess um but that aside the other trivia about it that's really funny is that there was just a lot of hubbub uh, and the development of this movie which took four years because everyone in hollywood thought this was going to replace live actors they thought this photorealistic CG is what they were calling it was yeah. going to be so good that live actors would be unnecessary in the future and films would change forever. And they were right. We <laughs> never see a live actor. <laughs> well, I think we're getting even closer to that point now with like, you know, like the, the same tech behind deep fake and like what Marvel does with de-aging people and stuff. Sure. We are, like we are moving Tarkin. beyond. Oh Yeah. We're moving beyond it, but we're we're still not there. Twenty years yeah. later, um, even though we're getting closer, and so like the fear is somewhat valid, but also I think there's going to always be people who just want to see a real person. Yeah, and and there's 
it's going to always be cheaper to hire a real person than make everything out of CG. Maybe not always. I guess eventually algorithms will take care of a lot. Yeah, um, algorithms will save us. They'll get yes. us to the spirits within future. Um, but yeah, the the original casting for Gray, Alec Baldwin's character in this movie, which weird that he's even in this we're, movie. Yeah, we're gonna get into the 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 casting pedigree here. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, because there's a lot of big names in this movie that are surprising. Like, I just I didn't expect uh, yeah. I didn't expect anyone in it because I guess I wasn't paying attention to that in high school. Um, I'm trying to remember who the original actor was. Whoever was originally set to play Gray, though, was a um, uh, <laughs> just like one of those like popular of the time actors, like 90s and th- 2000s, but has dropped off the face of the earth since. Like French Stewart. Uh, it wasn't him, but yes, we'll go with him. <laughs> when French Stewart walked into the studio, um, they showed him just like a clip of the movie. Like They were like, this is what you're going to be voicing. And he stormed out. Because he was so angry that they were able to make humans that looked, quote unquote, so good that they were going to replace live actors. And he quit the project immediately. So did they did they use motion capture in this? Not of the actors, at least. Um, Right. I think. Yeah. But I I would almost assume not. It seems. I mean, maybe they did. Maybe, you know, sometimes like, well, at the very least, the faces look. They look accurate enough to feel like they're motion captured, but like the bodies, it's like, oh, okay, you could key animate this, these yeah. physical it, animations they're doing. It's better than the stiffness of, you're right, so maybe it is motion capture, because it's not so stiff like it can't move like a human, but it is very stiff like everybody was told not to move. Like, have you noticed that, like, throughout the movie, people don't do small mannerisms. They don't talk with their hands. Yeah. They don't have, like, they all have tilting head posture. expressions. Yeah. Everybody is very rigid the whole movie. Um, I, I'm dying because I can't figure out who was the original cast French member Stewart. here. Yeah. French Stewart, when he was, he was going to be big. Yeah. This movie like, was going to make his career. Third Rock from the Sun and... It was going to be just, he was going to be another Angelina Jolie. You know, Tomb Raider really <laughs> launched her career, and this movie was going to launch his. That New York Times article, I was like, <laughs> is this accurate? Like, that's what propelled her into A list stardom, fucking the Tomb Raider movie? It's insane. I, I mean, but, you know, she's an action. It's Tomb Raider wasn't a terrible vehicle to just show her off. Like it was no. not a great movie, but it did what she needed it to do, I guess, for her. Yeah. So. All right. So we begin with light, endless light going in the beginning ac- across the planet. Yes. In the beginning, we have a woman stepping out into like a, a rocky, a, a rocky, you know, uh, a plane. She like steps on a crab thing <laughs> and they do this thing like they do that thing in some films where the actor like stands on plexiglass and they shoot underneath them so that mm-hmm. they can look down. Except and have that, that worm, this is all CG. Except it's all CG. So I don't know why they do the shot, but also they do a ripple effect <laughs> on the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> which I think there's reason is it. Yeah, but there's reason for that. That's in this plot, right? It's because like the 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 setup of this film the premise of this film is that the earth is like a living spirit that is going to be an important part of this plot exactly and and i think that's supposed to be like when she steps she's sort of resonating with that spirit mm. um 
or maybe some of the other spirits in this movie. There are many spirits within this movie. Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 Yeah. I mean, like it. You can you can explain it away. It just seemed really weird in a motif. Yeah. For, for that, it was just like why 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 add that extra little touch? Yeah. For no apparent reason. Um. But so. <sighs> She she ripples the ground and then she wakes up and she's sitting in the seat and she unbuckles herself and she like floats out of the seat and whoa she's in outer space she's in a in a well, space you couldn't have predicted thing. that whoa this ain't your dad's Final Fantasy that's for sure nope because that was eight bit this <laughs> has so many more bits so many more bits these bits are gonna put actors out of jobs yeah um. And so she like looks out onto like the out the window and there's you know the whole earth and then she like flies down to <laughs> this lower third killed me old New York City. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and we should just say who this is because she gets some voiceover here where she's like maybe I won't be too late to save the earth or something like that. Right. Um, which made me think she was like coming from another planet like just by that opening like my read on the scene yeah. is totally wrong. Um, I, I, it, it it made me wonder how many things this movie really inspired, like you know, because some of that made me think of the movie uh, Oblivion with um, Tom mm-hmm. Cruise, but also like I got like Wally and also like Death yeah. Stranding uh, with like some of the alien creatures we'll we'll see shortly, um, and I was like, was this movie like? super inspirational for a lot of people because if so that's really upsetting i think it probably did do a lot to launch like cg artists and stuff so potentially it could have yeah yeah, could could be a thing um but this is the voice of none other than ming na win who is our chun li from the street fighter live action movie perfect (laughs) yeah brought back uh in another video game franchise she is you know she's she's good as her like you know she's as an actress she's great she's got Um, a niche and she's gonna stick to it yeah um so she's just the first in a series of voices where i was like oh i didn't know who this was when i was 14 or however old i was but now i can recognize everyone as i'm going through and that at least made this experience mildly more entertaining where i was able to like play the game with myself like whose voice is that oh yeah yeah who um and what's her character's name uh aki uh, i don't know the last name but aki dr aki ross i believe okay yeah so dr ross is going through old new york city and at the, should we just should we just lay out like what's going on in this yeah, world let's do it let's just let's just do it okay so the earth is dying they are there are ghosts <laughs> They're fighting ghosts. It's just it's it's so hard to like be invested in yeah. that part of it because it's just so overdone. It's well, and it's not even about being overdone to me, is that it's not visually as interesting as I think they thought it was gonna be. Like you had this chance with this fully CG world to make something you can't see otherwise, right? And instead they went with the grayest color palette on everything yeah. and the spirits, um, which you know are these these like weird alien creatures you can't ever get a good look at because they're translucent like light forms and 
and like I want a detailed look at these weird creatures. I want to live in a fantasy world when I watch a movie like this. And in, you know, I, I think to like more modern movies that do like um, the, the recent Godzilla versus Kong, where Tokyo is like this crazy neon like you yeah. know uh, empire, and like that would have been so cool here if there were if there was a more like anime inspired neon city situation and like just hyper color everywhere. But I'm sure budget was the reason for that, right? This movie costs a lot of money, took four years to make, and it's probably just a lot cheaper to make everything gray like just just do a gray dead city but like there's a the the scene here she like lands in like a desolate like post-apocalyptic Times square yeah and it's like at the end of the day you still have to model all of that stuff and get it right. in the shot and i'm not you know i'm not a cg artist so i can't pretend to know like the difference between like having it being like this decrepit decaying version of itself versus like a brightly lit version of itself so maybe that's yeah. a ton more work but um i, yeah, I would it, assume it is and also just making the lighting look good right because they went with like a make it look gray and dead and that's it's fairly easy to hide your imperfections with darkness if you're doing that um but even if you had that as the backdrop if the creatures were more vibrant if the creatures were like a spectacle to look at and not a thing you have to squint to make out what you're seeing yeah. you know then then you could kind of fix it that way and I think they wanted it to be that. I think they wanted the creatures to be the focus, but they just went a little too far on the, these are things you can't really see right. the spectrum of it. Um, so like this scene, this scene, she like walks into this area and she like shoots a flare into mm-hmm. the air and it like explodes and sprinkles down like these bioluminescent spores everywhere. And the spores hit the creatures because the creatures are naturally invisible. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, great idea they, for a visual medium. Right, exactly. You can't see. <laughs> also, like, really, like, makes the viewer wonder: if these enemies were invisible. Like, how much life was lost before, like, oh. they were able to? Well, presumably, ever... yeah, considerable loss because, yeah. yeah. So, so the the little spores like hit the invisible creatures and start lighting up portions of their body. And she like also has like a fucking like. Buzz Lightyear like wrist mounted thing that she's like tapping and can see everything. Yeah. Um. So they, she makes is it a, like like a Nokia or something. No, what is the brand? I can't remember. Oh, did they put it, a logo on I'm, it? I'm I pretty sure it has like a real world brand on her wristwatch. Yeah, <laughs> projecting thing. It's like in that Michael Bay movie, The Island, when they're fighting in the like VR simulator and just has this giant Xbox original Xbox logo oh, in the background. Oh no! I, yeah. It doesn't, does it? I don't know in this, but in that Michael Bay film, it does. Oh, no. I've not seen that. Oh, yeah. my God. That's awful. <laughs> uh, it's incredible. I don't know what you mean. Um, the uh, Should we just so, start calling them? They call these spirits phantoms. Like That is canonically phantoms. the name of them in the movie. Yeah. I preferred my name of Ghosty Boys, but oh, I yeah. guess phantoms okay. will do. Um, so she starts making her way through Times Square, and she gets to this area... There's like a sequence of events here. I, I can't really get straight, but she's like, she starts getting chased by these. Yeah. She's tracking phantoms. what she thinks is a life form in this part of the city. And that's important to her because she is a scientist. <laughs> and uh, while she's <laughs> I have a doctorate, damn it. While she's being uh, chased after she's, uh, you know, she's looking for the life form. These things start, the spirits start coming out. The phantoms, I should say. Um, 
ghosty then, boys. Then a bunch of dudes rappel down on cables and start shooting the ghosty boys. And when they, they, yeah, they have like this aircraft oh. that like flies overhead and they all jump out of it. And you're they, laughing like this is silly. I actually think this is kind of cool. I think this is cool. They fucking shoot green jello at the ground. Yeah. That like creates a giant cushion for them to land in. And I was like, how is that more convenient than like a rappel wire or a parachute? Or, there's, no, I know you, there's no cleanup. Because that you assume that stuff's going to dissolve or something is going to happen. Or maybe you just leave it there because it's a sure. burned out city. There's that. You don't get tangled in cables or crash into like, you know, like your your parachute cords don't tangle up on a building rebar that's sticking out from one of these ruined structures. And and you get to drop down and- super fast, like at, at terminal velocity and then hit your gas bubble, your jello bubble and, and slow down and sink to your the ground slime. And presumably not lose any like positional awareness as well because you're not like tumbling overhead or landing weird or anything. You kind of land and can still scan your surroundings. I think it's a great touch. I think there's too little of it throughout the movie. Like there's not other things like that that are real cool. But I'm all for adding in some weird tech. Um, oh, it's super dumb. <laughs> I thought it was so stupid. It's what I like about it is it separates it from reality, right? Like okay. when yeah. I want a Final Fantasy, I want that last Final Fantasy movie we saw was very separate from reality. It was a totally different, like alien experience world. And I want that as much as possible from a Final Fantasy. I want to not feel like it's just any sci fi, um, which is basically the rest of this movie. Right. Um the uh, the, the the soldiers also have like a kind of uh, their uniforms so they're wearing like metal armor and mm-hmm. then also helmets with like the three like you know glowy eyes you yeah, know kind of like a Sam Fisher yeah. yeah but also it reminded me of Carmine uh, from Gears of War who is the faceless character that gets killed in every Gears of War and he just has like he has a he has a full face covering helmet and it has blue eyes and then mm. he will die in some comical way in each installment and so remind me of that i have never played a gears of war well just you wait till the gears of war movie and then carmine dies in that and then yeah and then you'll be like oh i get it because it's like it's like in the game yeah i know about that now all right so let's introduce these these uh soldiers because there was like a solid five to ten minutes where these soldiers are talking and i'm like that voice sounds super familiar. Yeah, that's that was the game I was playing. I was like, oh, I know who that is. I know who that is. I know who that is. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was fun. Um, so there's only two people, two really big names. So there's four soldiers here, um, but out of the four, there's only two that are like real, like real well-known actors. Am I right in that? Or three? Did I? Oh, I don't know the third one. Am though. I missing? Maybe maybe he comes in slightly later. We we definitely have. So the character Gray. Which mm-hmm. the thing Captain I love about Gray, please. Yes. The thing please. I love about Gray, uh, Captain Gray, I guess, <laughs> is that um, Ming-Na Wen's character, Aki, talks to him for like five minutes during this, like build up to a shootout and like run. We got to escape kind of thing. They get on the ship. They're flying away. She's still talking to him. And then he's like, hey, if you would have asked, maybe would have helped you. And then she like pauses and she's like, oh, Gray. I like she recognizes it's him. Meanwhile, I heard him for 0.2 seconds 
and I said, "Oh, it's Alec Baldwin." Weird. <laughs> <laughs> so it took it took me longer than that. I was like, "That voice sounds super familiar. Why does that voice sound so familiar?" And then I eventually realized, "Ah, it's Alec Baldwin." But she's had like a relationship with him in the fiction of this movie. Yeah. Yes. I've never had a relationship with Alec Baldwin, <laughs> and I know his voice immediately. Yeah, you can pick him out of a crowd. Like yeah, that. yeah. Um, Steve Buscemi. Steve Buscemi was the was the one I recognized immediately. I was yes. like, oh, Steve Buscemi, like great, great casting. Steve Buscemi in- improves any. I think he's the best part of this movie as far as acting skill goes because, and I have a theory as to why. I don't think it's any individual actor's fault. I don't think it's Alec Baldwin's. I don't think it's Ming-Na Wins, but I think they were probably directed to be very, uh, very calm and very still in the way their, their speaking and mannerisms are delivered because they know that the visual characters are doing that. So like they have to be rigid, right? They didn't get to like flow with the character and and like emote the way that an actor emotes. But, but still, like animate before, like animated movies were still a thing before this. Like it's not like there but this still was the first decades full of CG motion picture, right? Well, no, because this is six years after Toy Story. Oh, right, you're right. Yeah, so Maybe it's like it's... voice acting. Like I mean, obviously, Toy Story isn't like quote unquote photorealistic CG. But, but like, still, the, like the, Toy Story came out of Pixar. Yeah, what I'm saying is that the practices of voice acting for animated features like was well in place by this point. So well, I've got two theories on that. One is this was made by a much smaller, newer studio. Made by so Square that, Studios. Right. So they didn't know quite what they were doing as well. And two is probably that this was all like with, with Toy Story, when they cast Tom Hanks as Woody, they are making Woody animate to Tom Hanks, right? They're probably like adjusting it as they go sure. um, to like, they probably do some tests and then they're like, Oh, he talks like this. Let's make Woody kind of bob his head and move yeah. like that. They probably do scratch dialogue like they do in games where it's like, just bring in some like Pixar employers. Like, all right, read the lines. Yeah. We'll animate to that. And then we'll adjust it. Yeah. Whereas this, I get the sense that they fully created these scenes and they were like, come in and do your lines to this stiff character. And they've made everyone stiff because they were an amateur studio comparatively to I mean, obviously professionals. I'm not saying these people deserve to be shit, shit on for their work, but comparatively to like a, a Disney Pixar type stuff is they're, they're behind the ball. Um, Steve Buscemi, though, acted in this movie. You know, I feel like he ignored whatever that direction was and was like, I'm still going to put some character into it. Did and, he act or it, does his voice just carry so much more? kind of energy in and of itself yeah i mean you could say that he isn't acting because he's not being anything but every steve buscemi character ever i will grant you that but what my point is he did have emotion in his voice which the other characters really lacked sure um so them and i'm pretty sure he's here but maybe i'm misremembering ving rames is in this collective right oh okay i didn't i didn't recognize his voice immediately yeah so he's yeah he's another big one there and then everyone else i think you're right for for this area of the movie is just yeah other names like people who've done voices but not anyone big right so we have alec baldwin playing captain gray and then uh steve shimmy's character's name is neil Mm -hmm. and then the other two really don't like, uh, what are their names? Just so we, just I'm so we only know, able know. to say this because I am on IMDb. Ving Rames is Ryan, and Perry Gilpin is Jane. 
Yeah, uh, that's, I, I don't think they say their names more than once or twice throughout yeah, the film. I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah so. uh, the character Jane, her like the actual like CG character in the movie reminds me so much of Abby from The Last of Us Part Two. Like mm. she looks almost identical to that character. So if you played Last of Us Part Two, just imagine Abby from that game. And that's what you have for for Jane. And I should say. Frasier fans will know Perry Gilpin as Roz from Frasier. So she is famous uh, just on a okay, different scale. Okay. Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so yeah, they they go in, um, Dr. Ross retrieves the the life form, which they're all like, there's not been a life form here in in three years. And I'm like, yeah. it's heck heck. you could argue. There's never been a life oh, form there. No. <laughs> and Got there goes, <laughs> I was going to say all of our listenership in New York, but that's still probably only like one or two people. But <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. All the life forms that live in New York. Yeah. Um, so and and they come into like this room and it looks like maybe it's like Penn Station or something. Who knows what the fuck it is? But it's like um, it's just like a little like sprouted plant that's like mm-hmm. coming out of the ground. Um, and I'm like, great. This is like so much wally it couldn't it couldn't be any closer to wally um but then uh so they get it yeah the the ghosty boys come out and chase them for a bit they climb out through like this crevice like in the ceiling where they like climb up some rubble uh alec baldwin's character like slips a bit and they have like this very intense moment where it seems like he's going to die and then it cuts to commercial for you on pluto tv and then it cuts to no and um (laughs) And then they do this thing where he like slips a bit and then he just climbs back up and then like someone reaches their hand out and he grabs it. And then they do this like very triumphant, dramatic, like mm-hmm. musical flair as if he like, like overcame this like grand great obstacle. Yeah. yeah. And it's like that you didn't. Yeah. It, you just you just climbed up some rocks somewhere. Like, yeah, there were bad guys chasing you, but there was no threat. Like they never and they do that a lot in the movie where they don't understand like how to properly like set up the stakes within a scene mm-hmm. to make that like individual, like scenic, climatic, you know, rise and fall pay off. Yes, absolutely. Like, like, it's like, like, oh, okay, we've implied the drama here, we've implied like the stakes. All right, let's let's get rid of them. Like, let's clear the board. Yeah. And and it's weird because there's other times where there should be like scoring that is dramatic. Um, there, uh, I, I, you know, I'm jumping ahead, but there's a scene where there is like a dramatic chase and a car accident and it's just silent for that whole scene. <laughs> like there's no music. Um, and so like, yeah, I think scoring was a big miss on this one. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I give, I give the music in this a two out of 10. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Um, all right. So they fly off, they go to new New York city barrier city. Number 42 uh is that a hitchhiker's guide reference now that i say that out loud you think that was an intentional hitchhiker's guide reference i wouldn't know what the barrier city part is obviously 42 but right that could, that's all I, mean. I don't think i think that's just random yeah sure so they come into the city so it's just like a big domed thing in like lower manhattan just like they have mm-hmm. this big domed area of the city um that uh, apparently keeps the phantoms out they go in they have to be uh they have to be tested uh like anyone that goes outside the force field and they come back they have to they have to go through a like you know medical test to make sure they're clean um they all start filing through dr ross starts making a big deal about it 
because she's like, my clearance like allows me to skip this. I have the you know fast pass. I have the pre-check. I don't have to do this. Which shit. raises so many questions because right. like, why would you ever give anyone that ability to just be like, ah, you don't have to. You're fine. Yeah. You can yeah. carry it. I'm safe. Yeah. yeah. I don't need to wear a mask. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm you're vaccinated. In, yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> That my, I'm, you're infringing on my freedoms. <laughs> it's, it's just her stomping around in this little like check-in area. Yeah, we we should Man, clarify. This is a Wendy's. She, <laughs> yeah, she doesn't actually like throw a tantrum. She just mentions casually that she doesn't have to do this. And right. then Alec Baldwin gets super grumpy, and he's like, "You're doing it this time." And she's yeah. like, "Eh." And then, uh, but he goes first. Um, and is found to have in fact been touched by an angel uh, <laughs> or, uh, or a phantom rather. Uh, he is infected. I, I kind of don't understand what happened here. So maybe you can help elucidate. How does he go from being infected and at risk of death to her like somehow doing something that saves the day and also she slips through without scanning? So they treat that... So they like have a medical bay like right there on the side and like mm-hmm. he's like in such a state that he's like about to die like all of a sudden like he's fine and <laughs> yeah. then he's like on the brink of death. Um so they like carry him over to this this hospital bed this like operating table and she has she fucking has like the fucking minority report like not the wall mm-hmm. but she has like a ball in her hands that she's like twisting to like control like this medical robot and the medical robot has like a laser that pulses laser blasts at his abdomen but like and then they have like this holographic projection of like what the alien ghost virus looks like in his body (laughs) and it's like looks like fucking like flubber it's like it's like it's like it's like the uh it's like fucking um the ether in the thor dark world it's just like red like liquid metal hey this is bad (laughs) yeah (laughs) and so she just like does basically like these controlled bursts of it but like also it's like kind of sentient in some way because it like avoids her or something or like it goes deeper into him or something mm. like that and then she has to like rescan and and find it again um but it's like this back and forth between her and then the guy that runs like the quarantine like station like the check-in station she's like he's not gonna make it it's like she he's gonna make it beep, 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 beep. i gotta rescan <laughs> rescan where you're looking for where you're looking for there it is <laughs> And then he like wakes up totally fine. <laughs> like there's no like, okay, now you have to be quarantined for two weeks or something. Right. Or like, yeah, it's just like, you're good. You, you, boop, boop. That, that was out. my issue is it just kind of like resolves. Then it's like, all right, we'll never mention that again. Yeah. Let's go on with the rest of the movie. And it's like, I assume it's, it exists as a way to like plainly state the stakes of like with, with exposure the stuff. Yeah. Right. But it also doesn't make sense because in most cases, and this is kind of spoiling stuff, but we should just say it right here. In most cases, the exposure is like full body. Full death. Or, or even when it's not, there is a point in the movie, and this is a spoiler, so I'm not going to say who or what. There's a point in the movie where someone puts their hand in and their whole soul gets ripped out <laughs> through their hand. Uh, that's true. So, so like any amount of exposure is death. It, it is weird. But yeah, like you said, most of the yeah. time it is full body where... You don't have a chance to, to escape this at all. And they're and they're and they're blue souls, the blue man group that resides mm. in all of us gets it's deep in there. Out. Yeah. And you know, I want to stop on some trash can lids with paint all over them and Right. Yeah. That's, that's Yeah, so it's like it's like a blue energy 
silhouette of of people's bodies and it gets like sucked out of them if they mm-hmm. they come into contact if full body contact allegedly apparently no consistency in any right. of the rules any of the logic of this of this world yeah um so they pass quarantine uh dr ross goes back to her lab to to study the uh the life form that she collected it is uh she goes to i assume who is supposed to be her supervisor dr sid yes Eh, Sid, Sid, yeah, that's a that's a Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy guy. That's yeah. a that's a guy people recognize. He's a real old dude in this one. Old Sid, bitch, didn't see that one coming. All right, I'm gonna ask you this because I was like, I have like 85 percent confidence this is the case. Is he voiced by Donald Sutherland? Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Bam. Got <laughs> yeah. it. Papa. Yep. I was like, this voice also sounds familiar. And then I and then I and I didn't look up any of the cast. I was just like, I'm That's gonna good. roll with this into the into the podcast. And I was like, man, if I get this right, I need to go touch some grass or something. I need to What is that gonna do? <laughs> get get out I need to get out of the house more. You need to feel the spirits. Yeah, I need to feel feel the spirits within me and within all things. So Do- Donald Dr. Southern Dr. Sitterland? I don't know. There's mm-hmm. something there. I, I got nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Dr. Sid is uh able to sort of reveal that like some odd number of years ago, before all this stuff kicked off, he theorized that the entire planet has a spirit inside it called Gaia. And this Gaia spirit is sort of just like the connective force of all living things on the planet. Yeah. And then and he's, he's like, like, hey, Dr. Ross, check out my beat poetry I wrote yeah. when I was your age. Yeah. And it's just like basically talking about Gaia and talking about the spirit of all things and, and whatever, like, whatever. Now that you've seen that, <laughs> he throws it in an incinerator and is like, we can't tell anyone. <laughs> but i'm pretty sure the next scene is him telling everyone <laughs> yeah yeah so i can't figure out what his logic was here real inconsistent here he claims he mixed signals he claims that if they knew then they could that information could be used against them like if everyone else knows that they theorize this stuff about gaia that they'd be you know sort of ridiculed and and shut down and whatever um yeah. or they could even possibly be dangerous it's sort of implied um but then they come up with this plan that if Gaia is is real, then you can uh, very video gamey collect the eight spirits mm-hmm. uh, to unify into some sort of super Gaia force that will eradicate the phantoms. And they're like, "Hey, that's a pretty good idea. Maybe you shouldn't have thrown away that journal with all your information on this. Let's go tell everybody." And they say, "Okay," and they go tell everybody. And they get ridiculed <laughs> immediately. Yeah, they they are in a uh, a council meeting because, of course, you know any future society has to have a, a council of, mm-hmm. of 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 elders of sorts. Yeah, um, it, it, obviously, it's both hailed as like the most obvious future government, but also always the worst future government. Like yes. it's always like this is where we're headed, and it's gonna be bad. <laughs> well, perhaps you haven't seen contemporary governments, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um but so uh, uh keith david's here he's voicing one of the council members yeah um, always enjoy a good keith david appearance anytime um we also they they set this okay there's this great visual motif in this scene 
where you have they're basically like they almost treat this like a court case because they have like like a fucking like prosecution bench bench in a in a defense bench and uh the the scientists the people that like know what the fuck they're doing are on the defense side and on the mm-hmm. prosecution it's the fucking warmongering general voiced by james woods mm-hmm. which hey isn't that both a great and terrible bit of casting for <laughs> shitty human being james woods um, it's such a shame because i like james woods in a lot of movies you know like he's good at being a shitty guy in, yeah. in all aspects of his life <laughs> and so when i see him as a shitty guy in a movie i'm like that's good casting <laughs> he nailed that one yeah um and they do this thing so so uh uh general woods do they give this guy a name outside of the general uh well again imdb so i can't tell sure, you if sure. this was gathered organically from the movie but he's general hine hmm mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. benjamin hine behind <laughs> well done it's a, uh, it's a little golf clap moment <laughs> thank you thank you um <laughs> and so they do this thing where he's like arguing that they should use this fucking like super weapon orbital laser that they have to destroy the the uh, ba- basically um the the home team the the like home turf of of the phantoms which is like this giant crash site of this meteor mm-hmm. is where the phantoms first originated and they're saying no we need to use the 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 magic of of <laughs> all the nature of all good things um to to cure it and and uh dr sid is like let me show you this and he like hits a thing and this holographic display comes up literally like minority report in this in this instance and it's this big screen and on one side is like a bunch of blue bar graphs that are like supposed to be determining some data. And then on the other side is a bunch of red bar graphs determining like the opposite data, but it's a camera reverse. So it's from the council's point of view and it's pointing towards both the general and the doctors and the blue side is covering the doctors and the red side is covering the general to give like this, like Mm -hmm. good versus evil motif. And I'm like, this is okay. Okay, you fucking demon crats! (laughs) (laughs) You don't, you don't believe in the thing. Wait, no, they believe. Wait a minute, hold on, things are switched. Um, The doctors, science believes in God in uh this movie. So (laughs) (laughs) we gotta, we gotta rewatch Angry Birds Mm, again. Yeah, I'll have to to get this straightened out. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I thought that was such dumb, like visual metaphor. But I was also kind of like, okay, all right, sure. I'm kind of here for this. You need a villain um, somewhere, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you need to plainly tell that this is, you know, this will be taught in in film classes one day. Um. So so they have this back and forth, and and the council gives the doctors the go ahead to like continue their research, and they're like, we have to collect all of the spirits. We have to. We got to catch them all. Um. So they say, okay, you have like a little bit more time. Or actually, the final like convincing point is like how can you be sure that we can yeah like because james woods them? is like show me the proof yeah <laughs> it's, um and they're like you can't handle the truth the proof yeah the proof <laughs> yeah. uh and so uh uh dr ross starts like undoing her medical uniform <laughs> in front of in everybody front of, <laughs> in front of the the global government and she has like this tony stark ass like 
arc reactor chest embedded plug. in her chest. Yeah, and she like hits a button. And this is kind of cool. Like I guess like if you're gonna get like something like embedded into your body, like might as well get all the bells and whistles. But she like hits a button and it projects out that same like red metallic goo that we yeah. saw earlier it's in like the movie. A- like an x-ray microscopic whatever view inside her chest she is infected yeah. <gasps> and good thing she didn't get tested because it would have set off alarms yeah but they're able to with the work that they've done so far the spirits that they've collected so far hold the infection at bay so it's kind of like locked in a stasis she's not cured but they could cure it if they get all eight of the spirits so here's something i was perpetually confused about during the course of this movie do they, whenever they collect a spirit, do they just put it in her? Yes. They just embed it inside her? She is okay. a spirit receptacle. Okay. All right. Okay. Really, these Final Fantasy movies really have a thing about storing things in, in people. women. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, specifically yes. women for yes. some reason. I, you're right. Yes. Uh, I, I see so yeah. women as people, Dylan. I don't know about you. <laughs> Not going down this road. Sorry. <laughs> Not going down this road. Um... So, what happens next? All right. So, uh, James Woods is convinced that those that that because she is uh, I was, was going to say possessed, but that's basically what he thinks. Because she is infected by these spirits, she is being manipulated, or is sympathizing with, or is somehow connected to the phantoms. Because right. that and, makes sense. Yeah, it's a very big leap of logic that he's making. Yeah. This very logic-oriented, like, show me the evidence yeah. <laughs> based military well, person. Well, I can tell you I've heard show me the evidence a lot <laughs> over the last year, and uh, oh, no. it's not from people who are very logical. So this actually holds up quite well, Okay, this All element right. of things. Um, <laughs> the, most, the, most, the most forward-thinking <laughs> part of this entire movie. Yes. Um, but anyhow, uh, so he wants real bad to fire his Zeus cannon, which is what it's called, which I actually yes. kind of think is a cool name. I th- I, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> like, I'm in with that, too. I'm like, all right. This uh, all-powerful, like, mega weapon named after the king of the gods. Yeah, and it fires from orbit, so it, like, shoots down like lightning. That, I, I think that's rad. <laughs> so I'm into that. Um, it's a very Final Fantasy fitting kind of thing, too, especially in, like, seven yeah. area and forward. Um, but, uh, so he's going to have to like prove that the phantoms are as dangerous as he thinks, uh, their invading force is mega bad and they are infiltrating our society now and we have to blast them away before we're all gone. Um, <laughs> he puts on his special pair of sunglasses and he sees all the aliens right. around him. And then he, Keith David is there. So <laughs> he, he oh, battles Keith David and they live. Yeah. Oh my God. You don't know this. I've never actually seen they live. Oh my God. Dylan, just, we need a movie I night. <laughs> I just know the Maymays. Uh, it's there. The, you know the fight scene, right? The fight that like lasts like ten minutes. <laughs> no, it's Keith David and is it Roddy Piper? Is the yeah, yeah. Roddy, Roddy Piper? It, it's the two of them. Um, and and Roddy Piper has you know worn the glasses. Oh, we're talking about a totally different movie, <laughs> but I'm gonna do. I'm gonna keep going. He's worn the glasses. He's seen the aliens and you know their control signs and stuff. And he's like. Hey man, you are not my friend, but you're a big tough guy, Keith David. 
put on these glasses too so I have an ally. And Keith David's like, no, no, I'm not doing that. And he's like, just put on the glasses. And he says, I said no. And so he like tries to force the glasses on him. And Keith David just decks him. And then they start having this fight in an alleyway that is the longest fight ever (laughs) and it's just like drag out like they're both by the end of it like completely exhausted but they're like picking themselves up off the ground and throwing their whole body weight into a single punch that hits the other person and they both fall on top of each other panting and then they pick up and do it again it's amazing it's so good it sounds like rowdy roddy piper needs to learn a thing or two about consent (laughs) yeah (laughs) But at the end, he does get the glasses on him, and then they're friends. So. <laughs> I don't like that. That's yeah, bad. That does twist that uh, moral a little bit. Yeah. Um, okay. Back to this movie now. Um, <laughs> that movie's bad in a very different way. This movie is bad in a very dull yeah. way. Um, Back to our original movie about fighting aliens. Yeah. Uh, so um, they, they decide to go... Um, when they when they're putting in the spirit, I think she has to go into like a dream state, which is kind of ties mm. back to the beginning of the movie where she's having these weird dreams. And in her dream state, she sees the aliens in there. Like she only sees one type of them, and it looks like the sentient sort of like soldier type of them. But she sees them in their fully corporeal form, and yeah. they're kind of like they're weird looking. They're cool. Like yeah. they have these like sort of comma shaped torsos. <laughs> So it's like two legs and then a weird bend up to arms and a head. Yeah. Um, one like oversized arm and like kind of like a bulging shoulder. They kind of remind me of like like the flood in Halo, something mm-hmm. like that. Something yeah. that's like not super like it's like it wasn't made total totally naturally because it just seems like the way it carries itself just seems. Yeah, it couldn't evolve this way. It had to have some kind of like assistance or manipulation. Um, she sees them. They kind of surround her. And also, I don't get how Gray ends up in her dream. Because <laughs> um, uh, he, like, projects himself into her dream That's somehow. way later. That's way oh, later. Oh, is that That's not, not here? In this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what happens here? I don't know. She keeps having these dreams of some sort. Like, they're not clear if they're premonitions or, like, flashbacks. Yeah. Or, like, if it's just whatever it is. But she keeps having them and waking up. And... um the she wakes up and it's like a new day or whatever and they're going to find the next spirit and mm-hmm. they have like triangulated where it is so it's in the tucson wasteland which again have you been to arizona it's already a wasteland today uh. um but they uh and so they're gonna they're gonna go out there with alec baldwin's crew um which are called deep eyes right i don't remember yeah i think that's what like his his squad's called his like special tactical unit is called like deep eyes or something um i don't know but a little trivia for you (laughs) is that there were specifically four of them to simulate the party of four in final fantasy games Uh which is immediately thrown by having the doctor join them and make it five right yeah like, completely breaks our dynamic like, yeah it should have clearly been three plus the doctor to make that well, work it's like it's it's one of those uh it's like it's like those the final follower, fantasy games yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and so like you just have an npc join your group and then they just phase out of come out of your body when there's like a cut scene that needs to happen yeah so they're gonna go to tucson and yeah. they uh the general james woods 
suspects that she might be under the control of the enemy. Um, so he is talking to his uh, s- subordinate, uh, a major, and he's like, "Major, I need you to to stack the deck in our favor." So they like force this, they force Deep Eyes to take a couple other uh, soldiers that are loyal to the the general general woods so they go so they go to they go to tucson um they go and try to find another spirit what what was the spirit here oh oh they find it what were you shaking your head i don't remember oh okay (laughs) (laughs) they find a bunch of so so this is another one that there's a section there's a moment here like what I was talking about where it was something very dramatic and like the performance, like Ving Rhames' performance here, like kind of sells it, but they don't give it, they don't set it up properly and they don't give it enough time to land. But he says they like crest this hill and they're looking like down into a crater where some battle was fought and there's like a bunch of corpses uh, strewn across the battlefield. And he says like, this is, this is where we thought we were going to win the war. My dad's somewhere down there. Right. Yeah. I do and I was like, that. fuck, that's, that's like, that's pretty impactful. And then it's just like, okay, moving on. Yeah. They don't, they don't go into it much. I, I didn't feel like a deep impact from that moment. Like, I didn't feel like, oh, wow. Uh, as much as it seems like you did, which I'm glad that you got that out of it. Um, but it is like immediately move on. And that might be why yeah. is I didn't even like take the time to process it. Right. It's it's a it's a somewhat impactful delivery that's completely spoiled by the fact that they they don't do anything with it. It's like, oh, this would be a cool line yeah. for Ving Rhames to say. It's like, yeah, it would be, but also like it's not like his dad plays any other part in this movie or anything. Right. He just wanted him to say something kind of stoic. Uh, and because he's Ving Rhames, he can he could he could play it play it pretty well. Um so they descend down to this crater and they find that the 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 spirit that they're looking for is uh, in this guy's like utility belts. So like all the soldiers. So like one of the things that happened is that like when this conflict first started, humanity was like completely like unable to defend itself. Mm-hmm. And then through the help of Dr. Sid, he was able to like reverse engineer um, all this stuff through the research about spirits. And that's how he discovered like the Gaia, like like theory and all of that um and was able to create the force fields that defend the cities and like the weapons that allow soldiers to actually combat and fight against the 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 phantoms and but they're all powered by like this little battery pack that's on their belts and inside the battery pack is like microorganisms that they like siphon their spirit energy or whatever from to like charge up their all their shit so like oh that's the that's the next spirit is this. And they grab that and they start heading back. Um, and then wouldn't you know it? Phantom starts showing up. Of course. Cause who would have guessed in this desolate world where there are ghosts everywhere? There are phantoms. Um, yeah, I, I do have a thought about that for when they, they talk about the origins of the phantoms later where it's like with that as their origin, how have they covered the planet in an endless army uh, but we'll get to that. Yeah, it, it does seem like they're just they're everywhere they need to be for this plot to work, and that's how it is. Yeah. So they run back to the ship. Uh, Doctor Ross faints. Um, she's like, "Oh, 
My art career. I'm having a heart attack. <laughs> Ant Man's in my chest. Call an ambulance, but not for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she collapses, and so they carry her back to the ship. And at this point, the soldiers that are loyal to the general are like, "Something's up." Like we're convinced that like she's working for the enemy and all this stuff. Um, so they stage a mutiny within the ship as it's flying back to Barrier City to New New York, um, and uh, uh, Steve Buscemi's flying, and then all the other crew members are like in the in the in the bay in the hangar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's a small like you know crew carrier. It's not like anything huge. It's like something that could that only could carry like a dozen people or something, um, and. So they have this standoff in the the hangar and in, in, in inside the ship. <laughs> and while Dr. Ross is unconscious, she has another dream. And so each dream gets a little more more and more like um um clear yeah. like what it is. She yeah. sees a little bit more of the picture. Um so like she's seeing like more aliens. The aliens seem to be like fighting another force and they're like running headlong against each other. Um and when the dream ends or it ends with like something like hitting the ground, striking like the area of this battle is taking place and like causing like a giant fireball that engulfs everyone. And she goes oh, and wakes up and she wakes up in the middle of the standoff between the mutinous soldiers and like the deep eyes crew. And one of the mutinous soldiers is just holding a pistol and he just shoots her. <laughs> <laughs> with like the it's the worst trigger discipline he's just like oh she stood up bam shoots her just square in the chest and so she collapses then they start in a scuffle i think jane uh like kicks one of the guns out of one of the guy's hands i think ving rames's character tackles the other guy and knocks him out um and Steve Buscemi is flying the ship and then like a giant like ghost kraken like comes out through the because in case you haven't made this clear the aliens can also phase through everything yeah yeah except for like the energy spirit barriers that they can specific tech designed to hurt and hinder them they can't but like normal materials physical objects yeah they pass right through and this ship has none of that like these these ships that go out in the field have none of like camp because we see later a ship that specifically has a shield projected energy shield this ship does not this fucking like halo ass pelican like u.s you know what a naval force thing what a good point that i didn't consider at all but now is like that's a pretty big hole isn't it yeah something they could easily have written away yeah and just been like, oh, we can't afford to do that. Or it takes too much energy or blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, but no, it's just like, well, we have to have stakes here. And so this giant Kraken-like thing, like giant ghost octopus, like starts coming out of the ground. And like Steve Buscemi has to dodge and bob and weave this way and that to, to avoid the, the tentacles. And then one of the, the mutinous soldiers that they knocked out gains consciousness and picks up the gun he had and then holds them all uh you know as hostages in the back of of the ship <laughs> and steve buscemi's just hearing all this happen while he's trying to fly this fucking ship and then he sees a giant tentacle in front of him and <laughs> he just goes everyone lean to port <laughs> and they all just lean to one side of the ship and then he s- 
intentionally clips the rear end of the ship through the ghost tentacle so it kills the fucking guy that was holding them with a gun i mean for steve buscemi's character a badass maneuver like a cool thing to do a little weird that guy heard them to yell that and didn't like also didn't also go (laughs) maybe he's like an army dude he's like which one's starboard again yeah yeah which one's port (laughs) um and but he just straight up murdered a dude. Well, that guy was holding them hostage with a gun. I suppose. I feel like murder is justified in that case. Oh, okay. Well, as long as it's justified, I guess I'm okay I with mean- murder. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they fly back to uh, Barrier City 42, New New York. Um, on their way back the uh, uh general james woods hears back that the ship is returning deep eyes is returning uh captain alec baldwin is still in control of or he's still in command um and also they're specifically the two soldiers they sent along have been incapacitated or i think they've been like they've been lost or like kia or something i forget yeah so the general starts devising his dastardly plan which in the grand scheme of villainous plans like this has to be one of the worst so do you want to do you want to lay out what this motherfucker's plan is he's gonna open the shield just a little bit just a little bit just Just, a bit just a a touch and let a flood of phantoms in that he's convinced they'll be able to handle but will alert everyone to just how serious the threat is right for these things so it will cause enough damage that you know like yeah a few people will be lost but they're cowards for hiding all the time anyway and they'll understand how dangerous it is and they will know that we need to use the cannon because that's what he needs is authorization to use the cannon i want to shoot my toy i want to shoot my big gun yeah um he does have a moment here, though, after he opens it up and realizes that some giant, like, space whale thing is coming <laughs> in, uh, that that there is enough, um, enough of a threat here that he goes, what have I done? <laughs> and, like, realizes he's done wrong. But it never changes his character after he does that. No. Like, no. he unleashes this huge flood of death into his, you know, remaining human populace. And then he regrets it only for a second and doesn't change his ways at all. Yeah. there Because at this point, and I don't know how they don't fucking realize this, like, at this point, they don't... Despite the fact that the aliens are incorporeal, like, they are literally ghosts. Yeah. Like, part part of... um, uh, Because... because We do get the, that the, from from aki as well like right around the same time right because she is still unconscious um you know the soldier having shot the the arc reactor has damaged it and they have to they they get her back to the barrier city um which is really weird because like all this stuff is happening in parallel Mm -hmm. so like the general has like started to you know lower the barrier so that some of the phantoms can come in but that news that would be like a citywide alert i would think but meanwhile while that's happening like they they're like trying to uh 
like save Aki's life, and they're like not getting any news. Right, of this. it's not. Um, yeah, there's no alarms going off in there. Right, vicinity. and maybe it's a little subsequent. You know, one after the other, but uh, it still seemed weird that that they were able to do what they do in this scene. Whereas they bring Aki back, they put her on the operation table. They're like, we got to put the spirit inside of her, um, but she's also too weak, so she might not survive. She might not last long enough for us to put the spirit inside of her. So. Alec Baldwin, you have to a- astrally project your spirit. Don't ask us how we we can do yeah, it. We can, there's we no can explanation. just do it. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We could just do it. We could just we could just put your soul in hers, and it'll just work out fine. Um, but so he goes. He basically joins her in the dream. He just kind of like pops up. It's like, hey, she's and like, then, oh, you're here. Yeah, he's like, yep. And she goes, all right, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Being incepted, cool. Yeah. Um, and then they, they learn more about like what this dream is. So the dream is because she has the, 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 this phantom zone inside of her, she can see what the phantoms, what they were like beforehand. So basically these aliens, so she's seen these, the, the aliens, the comma aliens that we were talking about before, mm-hmm. and they're in like some sort of war of some sort and something Again, something like from orbit destroys their planet in such a way that it just like blows the whole thing up. Yeah. And she specifically says like after this scene, she says they destroyed their own planet. So it must be their super weapon. Like they have a space orbit super weapon as well. Um, And then a a chunk of the planet just gets cast off into space. mm -hmm. And here's the part where... If it hasn't gotten weird already in this movie, this part gets super weird. She's explaining, so she has this revelation, and she wakes up, and her and Alec Baldwin kind of have this heart-to-heart, and then the general um, and his goons come in, and they arrest everyone, and they throw Mm -hmm. them in the brig, and then after they do that, then the general goes and starts his very stupid plan of letting the ghosty boys in. Yeah. And... She says straight up, when they're in the brig, they are literally ghosts. Yes. They are literally the ghosts of these alien creatures. Because well, Steve Buscemi says, how could they survive flying through space on a hunk of rock? Yeah. And, and she's like, they didn't. <gasps> Fuck. And then, and then they're all like, wait, it's not an invasion. It's just an accident from space ghosts, coast to coast. Uh-huh. Oh, man. <laughs> Uh, which how does that why is that why like i get it suspension of disbelief or whatever the fuck but like mm -hmm. what like okay i don't mind that like i think i'm okay with ghosts you don't mind the fact that like fucking aliens from space on a rogue meteor got turned into vengeful spirits and then smacked into the planet and somehow have like soul sucking powers for some reason I'm, i'm fully with it all to that point where I lose it, and this is so stupid that I have a line that this crosses, uh-huh. is how many ghosts were on that rock? <laughs> because it Where's sure seems manifest. Like, yeah, it sure seems like way too many ghosts. <laughs> like there's and ghosts not everywhere. Ghosts. Yeah, exactly. There's ghosts everywhere, all over Earth, and everywhere they go, it's like swarms and swarms of them. Are they traveling? I mean, they can phase through material. Are they like passing through the Earth to get to? like the next attack point are they drawn what a commute 
are they drawn to the eight spirits and that's why they're always around them and that's just happens to be where she is um well they do say specifically that she they are also drawn to her yeah when they go to tucson it just feels like they're they're always everywhere and there's not enough like human civilization you know like space for human civilization for what would have presumably been an, a meteor not big enough to destroy the planet uh you know so it would have to be of a, of a reasonably small size and therefore could only carry so many ghosts um yeah I, I'm, I love, I'm totally I, cool I, I, with ghosts from space because what if like but not the number of them yeah exactly exactly <laughs> or if they were like oh they, they're ghosts they never die they just regenerate on their space rock i'd be like oh okay that makes sense because sure. it seems like a finite war if they can kill these ghosts and also it seems like there are multiple species of ghosts they, they like, declare multiple, that outright they're yeah. like you know oh, there the big are multiple ones? variants yeah, yeah. They're like, the, you know, the big ones, those are whales, <laughs> which is a weird thing. <laughs> so we're the, those were all alien species from this one planet. They didn't like not only from this one planet, but from one region, the size of that meteor. They were all in this space together. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I'm okay with like, if it's a super this weapon, it's real fucking stupid. <laughs> yes. But if it's a super weapon that like separates a living thing's soul from its body or something like that, and that's what these vengeful ghosts are, then that's like a cool sci-fi explanation. If it's just the mass trauma of an entire planet worth dying at once caused these spirits to become unrest, you know, at unrest, and it's a supernatural explanation, either one of those answers works for me. Fantasy science the or supernatural. Is, thing is, they don't give either though. Yeah, they just but said, I think they the, died. They turned to ghosts. Yeah, I think I'm okay with that, though. I think I'm okay, like filling in that gap myself. And maybe that's just because I, I like the fill in, like supernatural maybe. fantasy gaps. Yeah, you like the Mad Libs of yeah. of this film. <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm not saying I'm not defending this movie. I'm defending this one. It sounds thing. like no, 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 no. <laughs> I was so <laughs> bored <laughs> that I think I blacked out for a good middle of the movie <laughs> because you were rambling on, and I was like. I don't remember anything about Tucson. <laughs> uh, Tucson does not exist in this movie hey, in my memory. Every time I go to Tucson, I feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, but I do re- I do recall that like she had the seventh spirit from Tucson. Like I didn't know where it was from or where I thought it was from. The seventh spirit from Tucson sounds like a fucking like yeah. new age. I'm gonna write that. Like, yeah. Rock album. Um. Fuck. Because there's a big piece of this which came became clear to me in the trivia which is that she's looking for like the eighth spirit um which so we'll, we'll catch up i don't want to jump to that i guess yet but so yeah so they have them locked away they everybody who's there is like hey we, we're dealing with ghosts it's not an invasion um okay now we know that he releases the flood how do they get out of their like cell um someone just comes and bails them out or like there's like a power failure or something there because because you know steve shabby's character is the pilot and he's also like the tech whiz mm-hmm. and alec baldwin's like can't you bust this out he's like this is tight titanium re- i don't this is this isn't steve buscemi he's not a 12 year old nerdy I'm, kid i'm gonna just listen while you give us your best steve buscemi i'll close my eyes so i can really see him okay mm-hmm. okay let me get in the character first yeah. all right all right how, how yeah. do you do fellow kids there you go perfect <laughs> you did it you nailed it and that's the line yeah. from this movie too yeah <laughs> that's where that meme comes from yeah. but no he's like these are titanium enforced like walls and these are like blah 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 photon bars or some bullshit it's like can't just wave magic wand turn them off and then they turn off 
Yeah, okay. There we go. That's right. So yeah, so they're out, and then the invading force of super slugs and whales and krakens and soldiers are all inside the city, so they have to defend themselves. Um, They're trying to. Are they trying to get like on a ship, or what are they trying to get to? Yeah, they're trying to escape. Which again, which at this point, I became super confused about the the spirits thing which we've clarified by now but at this point i was like don't they need to like get back to a lab where they stored the spirit stuff or something yeah nope just, but they i plug guess it in her. yeah she just, just she just holds on to it um yeah th- so this part of the movie feels like the longest part because it's like so obvious we're reaching the end of the film but they just stretch this one mm-hmm. out well we did have at least like so big long. action sequence that leads to Yes. some sacrifice you know yeah um we in this sequence we lose both or maybe all three i guess do we lose, we lose everyone yeah everyone but gray and aki yeah yeah and and, and dr sid oh right yeah 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 um so there's just like big awful you know like sequences of death <laughs> um but they make it on aki's ship after everybody dies I, somebody sacrifices themselves to like hold the line kind of thing i can't yeah. remember and then Alec Baldwin was about to sacrifice himself because he's yeah. like, you know, Aki had already taken the ship up um, and started flying out of the hangar. And he's like, I'll stay here and just starts like pumping aliens full of ghost lead. And she's like, no, gray, gray. And then he takes his headpiece off and throws it away. And then she veers back to come get him mm-hmm. and she just shouts gray. And then he kind of looks at the ship oh. as if as if he would have heard her Yeah, over these like powerful engines and stuff. Yeah, right. He would not have heard her. Nope. <laughs> but he climbs aboard. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's so he gets out and also Hine gets out and actually goes to the Zeus station. Yeah. Um. So he's up in. Is he in space then, I guess? Or is he in? some? Yes. Okay. Yeah. No, he he flies his his ship into space okay. where the the orbital laser is. Um, the council made it out as well. Um, well, there's this also this kind of cool scene with behind when he's in he's 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 like escaped uh, New New York and he's like in orbit and he is like he has a pistol and he is like individually like pulling back the the head of the pistol so like that the, the individual bullets are being ejected from the top of the pistol Mm -hmm. and because he's in zero g they just kind of spring out and then just kind of like spin through the zero g and he's like pulls a bunch of them out and then he like holds holds the gun to his head with like one round still in the chamber and then that's when he decides like actually you know what i should do kill a lot more people and Flies wait, to the wait, zoo kill station. myself? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I can My kill work so is many done. more people. So he goes to the station. The uh, the the trio of Doctor Sid, uh, Doctor Aki Ross, and Alec Baldwin. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I also want to say Alec Baldwin's character just looks like Ben Affleck. I could see that it definitely doesn't look like Alec Baldwin's voice should be coming out of him. Like the whole no. time, I was thinking like. This is a weird fit. He's just like kind of like a uh, BJ Blaskowitz, like short cropped hair, mm-hmm. thick, like neck as thick as his head, just like <laughs> big, gruff military. I mean, he's not like you make him sound. Gr- yeah, you make him sound bigger than he is. I think he's just kind of like cut out soldier boy. Like, you know, like, sure, sure, sure. Like he's like the the ideal 
form from like i don't know any 2000 cinema really probably but like he is very generic like super generic and you know that that was a choice like somebody was like we need to make him generic for american audiences to relate to him (laughs) and it's like don't have have people not figured out that that's not how it works where's my anime hair where's my hair that sticks up three feet it should have been that and i know giant oversized weapons i know that like that aesthetic is a little bit cringy right (laughs) like to actually do that but if you're going to do a final fantasy movie immediately following the popularity of final fantasy 7 it should have been that it should have been a massive haired big sword wielding hero um you know it doesn't have to be as ridiculous as the buster sword and as overstated as spiky hair but like it, it could be slightly more than reality and be so much better they definitely spent a lot of money on dr ross's hair because the way it's just like mm-hmm. kind of like folds and falls is like oh they spent a lot of render time yeah, yeah on that hair flowing the way it is um step aside monsters inc sully like we got a new <laughs> hair rendering challenge for you um but so they they're like we need to get the eighth spirit so they say they was like we've searched the planet, we've scanned the planet over like where can it be and then they determine there's one place they haven't scanned and it's the phantom impact crater so and turns out wouldn't you know it it's where the eighth spirit resides what um, a winky dink yeah and so they fly out to uh the impact crater. To, to, to the impact crater <laughs> yeah um and then meanwhile uh james woods has already made it to the the orbital station where where the zeus cannon laser is and he is like and he has gotten the okay from the council because the council had survived the uh invasion of new new york and they have uh moved over to houston and so they're like giving them the green light it's like we're gonna give you the launch codes go ahead and and fire as much as you want and then this is kind of like a race against the clock thing it's like they're trying to get to uh the impact zone they don't and also some dramatic irony because they don't know yes what's about to i happen. was getting ready to point that out yeah they, they have no idea that he's about to blast them and they're like oh cool we got it this is going to be easy and they're like zeroing in on the uh on the thing and they're about to grab it and then all of a sudden and it's pretty cool like like the the big green tech uh lights that you talked about from final fantasy 7 it like has like these wings on the side of this satellite weapon that light up and charge and then this blast comes out of the middle section of it and fires straight down uh directly into the middle of the blast site and they you know have to like figure out what's going on and uh avoid being killed and uh then afterwards they're like oh he's gonna do it again we gotta get it now where is it oh no yeah it's dead it's gone (laughs) the spirit does it like a dozen times yeah and i feel like they really overstated the power of this weapon like it do, don't get it twisted like it's powerful but it, like i i assumed it was just going to turn this entire area to glass right. in like a single shot right but it's like it's not like they're coming out of it relatively unscathed and maybe it's because they're using like their so this is where they have their vehicle that does project a force field mm-hmm. and maybe that's protecting them a little bit because it's using kind of like the same energy as the the super weapon but yeah th- it's again like it seems like it's building up really cool stakes mm-hmm 
but like the stakes in my head are like, oh, they're gonna die, like they're dead, and like they're <laughs> well, gonna have to like find some other solution to or the. Or they're end gonna of this like film. wreck their ship and be like on yeah. foot in a glass right. blasted land with sun, like with like like dust storm everywhere. Like could right. have been that, but instead it's huh, he blew it up. <laughs> what are we gonna do now? Ah, <laughs> uh. yeah, and the gray is literally like, we do nothing. We're gonna get the fuck out of here. We give up. It's over. Um, which is so shitty. Uh, but as he's saying that, that's when um, another like super monster arises because I guess blasting the crater site wakes up like this yeah. just like incredible tentacle beast. Yeah, Ghost Cthulhu. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that that arises, which again means that thing was on the same rock that all the soldiers were fighting on top of when right, they all uh-huh. got blasted out. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't add up for me. Yeah, um, I really need to see the flight manifest for this yeah. for this meteor. Um, so they look down. There's like this big blue river, like in this deep crevice of the earth, and they're like, "Oh, that's Gaia." Yeah, cool. That's Gaia. We can we, see it. Need, That's the proof James yeah. Woods wanted. If only we had a photo of this. Here's your proof. Um, if only he could like zoom in really close with like some sort of satellite type thing, yeah. something like in the sky, and like visually comprehend what is happening. Yeah. Um, but so they they narrowly escape so, the big tentacle monster. They go down towards Gaia, or maybe right, they get knocked down towards Gaia. I can't remember. Yeah, well, they do like de- get like clipped off of the ship. That's right, because they they're were, like tethered were, by cables. Yeah, yeah, those and get then, so they out. fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, so so yeah, they fall, and then Doctor Ross realizes that like, hey, we can sync up with the, um, we like we have we have all the energy. We like this is the eight spirit. We can use Gaia as the eight spirit or whatever. Right. And so she goes back into the little i just have to draw in the spirit of the entire planet into myself yeah should be fine fine. it'll be fine um it's it's final fantasy it always works out Mm -hmm. and so she the one thing that really cracks me up is she's like i need to like put in like whatever like sync sequence or whatever it is like to like get this like algorithm or something to like cause the energy field to project or whatever the fuck yeah whatever like techno babble it is and she's like give me your i think they have a name for like the little energy utility pouch belt buckle thing it's called like a omni belt or something or omni pouch something like that i was gonna agree with you and say sure (laughs) yeah but he she asked for um alec baldwin's and so he's like but like that powers my gun and i'm a soldier boy and i need my gun to shoot at the bad guys and she's just like just give it to me and she takes it and she like plugs it into like this interface on the little you know ship they're they're on and she like then like takes a USB cord out from that, or it's like a three point five jack, and then jacks into her heart on the other end, and like she's like, all right, now it's time to power it up, and like no less than two or three different occasions while she's like about to like supercharge and send out the the wave that's going to destroy these aliens. Does Alec Baldwin go? This isn't going to work, and like reaches for like the omni thing to like rip it out of the console <laughs> which cracks me up because yeah. he like he he's keeps, just so he's ready like a to give kid. up yeah exactly yeah, yeah. yeah he's like it's not gonna work he's just like don't fucking touch it it's like it's not hey. gonna work he's like stop <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and turns out it does work. But then James Woods fires one last uh, another Zeus cannon blast. Yeah. Um, and completely fucks up their shit. Uh, not only that, he has to like override a bunch of system like fail safe because it's on like the... overheating. Yeah. Yeah. And it blows up the entire orbital satellite like a <laughs> ray. It's just space like, station. It's such a shitty thing where he just like, I mean, that's like, I don't know if they have an economy in this post-apocalypse, but just the effort, the man hours would be equivalent to trillions yeah. and trillions of dollars. In, in the lives. Like he's just and, like, yeah. you gotta keep firing this big yeah. gun. I don't care if it kills everyone on this shit. Right, exactly. Uh, it just like throws all of that away in his just ridiculous impulsiveness to match Gray's. I guess they're both kind of children. Maybe um, that's that's mirroring. That's you know, it's it's, oh. a, it's a good writing device. No, I, okay. I think it's totally stupid <laughs> because it means that they have to solve that problem by just letting it resolve itself. They're not even like active participants in the story at that point um, sure. to deal with him. But uh, yeah, so when he shoots though does it do something that stops their plan because they've already it killed. destroys their ship it destroys their ship sure. so like their ship hadn't like fully like hit critical mass like like the the good blue bubble was like expanding gotcha. out and destroying the bad red aliens but it wasn't like cascading enough so like in destroying the ship like they can't they can't replicate that so i'm gonna be honest i none of this last sequence made any sense to me and there is a reason I think why it, it didn't make sense for a lot of people, but I didn't get that because I don't also get why the solution then is uh-huh. in order to get the eighth spirit somehow, uh, they're going to need to sacrifice gray. <laughs> yeah. I don't, well, they originally get a Dr. Ross is going to sacrifice herself. Because uh, she was going to, like, channel her spirits, like, through into the big ghosty boy. And and she passes it to him. That's why they're holding hands. Right. Okay. Yes. All right. So he's like, no, you can't die. I'll die. And so he, like, it doesn't make any fucking sense. But, yeah, they hold hands. It especially doesn't make sense when I'm about to tell you what I'm about to tell you. But go forward. Go on. Yeah. He, like, holds her hand, but then, like, makes her like step down like 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 there's like this little step below like a ledge yeah yeah so she's not like on the top with him and then he holds her hand and somehow for some reason never explain why or like it's never been like preempted at all in this movie but she just like pushes her blue spirit energy into him and then like the giant yeah he he doesn't even have a chest by right yeah it's like he's not even cool enough for that he just kind of balls a fist into and <laughs> in, 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 punches into this this giant ghost squid alien and all of, and then his spirit starts getting like stripped out from his body but instead of like horrifically screaming like all of the <laughs> yeah. other people that have died that way throughout this movie he's just kind of like smiling um and the blue energy gets pushed through dr ross into him and then into the alien it causes this giant wave of of shimmering happiness light uh and <laughs> yeah. destroys everything but in a good way yeah kills all of the phantoms i guess which i almost thought they were gonna go with a sort of like 
hey, they're just like confused and disoriented and we need to make peace with them somehow for a lot of this movie. No, they're they're like, we need to destroy the fuck out of them. They don't belong yeah, we need to on this planet. On a, on a subatomic level. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, so that passes over the whole planet and, and saves the day. And uh, then Earth's Gaia is, you know, sort of healed and, and fine and everything is good to go. Um, but what's weird about this scene, based on what you just told me, so the eighth spirit is not Gaia, and they never say that in this sequence of events. Instead, what happens is during this, you know, big giant Cthulhu ghost squid thing, um, which apparently uh, is called the Phantom Gaia, just so we know. So it's that planet's Gaia. Mm, right. Okay. Which makes a little more sense, I guess, why it was in the big rock. Um, but that one attacking them is uh, able to like stick a couple tentacles in Aki. Um, and this is so stupid because it's not explained in the movie in the slightest, but there was a cut scene just before this scene, uh, where when gray tries to sacrifice himself and she saves him, she says, I can't have you sacrifice yourself because I'm pregnant with your baby. Oh my God. And so they, the two of them go after that with this knowledge that she is pregnant but that means she was going to sacrifice herself during this moment and the baby and the baby, or maybe, maybe it wasn't going to sacrifice her because of the chest plug thing. Maybe she has like enough way to contain or it. Maybe it wasn't going to sacrifice her. It was just going to sacrifice just the, the baby. baby. Don't now, sacrifice now. yourself. Cause don't worry. I've got a baby. That's this disposable. Is, this is, this is a pro choice. Uh, holy shit film. holy shit um but no so in that scene when she is like the tentacles are like through her you can see that there's like a different color inside of her like that's supposed to represent the baby in her womb and okay. that, i that's, did see that that's see still that. in the film and then in that moment dr sid says ah oh, i understand now and it never is explained <laughs> like what do you understand because i sure as hell don't because it's not for you it's for him yeah exactly <laughs> yeah um but so the baby is like joined with the alien energy and it's going to be the eighth spirit is supposed so they to do be kill the baby well i'm confused i guess you don't have to kill the spirit necessarily but the baby is the eighth spirit maybe they do maybe they did plan to kill the baby the whole time okay i am unsure aki, aki herself is one of the spirits but she doesn't die yeah, okay so then the baby doesn't have to die but but wait, but Alec Baldwin did die. So is he one of the spirits? Did He's he just a conduit, I guess. Is that how that works? I, I look, man. <laughs> you know they don't tell you, but they did cut a scene that seems pretty pivotal to this ending, and just didn't <sighs> explain it. And unfortunately, it's just the worst answer as to why what they what they documented it as is that test audiences found the baby stuff to be to japanese oh yes the very japanese tradition of childbirth right what the fuck does that mean the, what the kind of awful japanese shit? cultural touch point of having a baby yeah um but anyways so <laughs> they they have successfully blasted the phantoms away um, and I guess that's basically it, right? It's like, just like, oh, look, the sun is shining again. The world is happy. Yeah. They hold, there's like a lift. There's like a mechanical lift that lifts up Dr. Ross and Alec Baldwin's character. 
and uh, they hold on Alec Baldwin's character's face for like so long as it, to imply that he's going to like come back from the dead, <laughs> and they just never do it. And I like yeah. I didn't care either which way. I was like, okay, if they do it, if they bring him back, then it's like, oh, you can't stick to your guns. You can't let this this character die. And if they don't do it, it's like, well, I don't give a fuck anyway. So do what you want i guess yeah it just seems so weird that it was just like constantly like it had like cropped part of dr ross out of frame to like make sure it was like square <laughs> dead center on alec baldwin's character to give him that like that momentary hope that he might gasp for air and his spirit is <gasps> saved by his sacrifice yeah like the Everyone power wanted that they won their john snow moment right they love that character so much <laughs> he's a fan favorite he's a crowd pleaser so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm reading here on the wiki now since we talked about this earlier. Some of the movie was done with motion capture, but many of the scenes had to be manually animated um, without motion that sounds capture. Sounds rough. Yeah, uh, hand and facial movements were all done manually, except for some of General Hines' facial features and poses, <laughs> which is a really weird choice to be like. Now this one guy we got to get <laughs> is captured, but otherwise. They were done manually. Um, well, what a film. All the backgrounds were matte paintings. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Some artistry in that. Uh, well, Nick, what'd you think? Uh, Is this your first time seeing that movie? No, I watched it in theaters when it came oh, out. Oh, right. You said that. Yeah. You said and that. I, yes, yes, yes. I nearly died <laughs> i was so bored i i i became like alec baldwin and wanted to push my spirit out of my body yes. he was so tired of being in this movie that was the real reason he sacrificed himself um if i had to rate this movie i think i'm gonna give it a 1000 out of 141,964 frames that are in the film <laughs> nice nice uh, I'm going to give this uh, a zero out of four light crystals. Ah, yes. Yeah. And I like, it seems weird that they never brought in something like that. Like the seven, you know, or the eight rather spirits are very much a gather the light crystals kind of thing, but they could have been, they could have worked in some, some like, uh, even if it was just Shintoism since it's supposed to be earth, which is weird too. Why is final fantasy on earth? That shouldn't be. That should never be the way no it is. I have no idea. But if they're going to go with Earth, they could have been like, hey, in our ancient lore, we have, you know, like these beliefs and those beliefs turn out to be true and useful in this alien invasion thing. Um, but instead, no, it it was just like, I have a theory. I wrote it down on a book that I'm going to burn now. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun. The incineration scene is maybe my favorite thing because it's just this giant like industrial and in- it's not giant, but it's like a it's a personal size industrial incinerator that's just in, in his, his office <laughs> in his office that he just places it on and then like hermetically seals the lid and then there's a foot pedal that he presses to activate the incineration and then he immediately reveals what was in the journal to everyone <laughs> it just doesn't add up what were they thinking i don't know but yeah i mean to me this feels very uh, in a lot of ways it feels very final fantasy like especially seven like this just feels like seven like even like like I, there's a world spirit and like armed yeah, soldiers but, like, it's so not like mythologically handled you know what i mean like it's a it's like it's a thing that exists but there's no like supernatural world around it there's just these alien ghosts and the world spirit 
But how supernatural is Final Fantasy VII when you get down to it? Like a lot of it is. There's materia. I mean, like, there's spells. Yeah, I guess you have magic. There's and stuff summons. And summons. Yeah, and okay. then there's right, just the weird. Back. There's just weird I take creatures. It I take it back. Yeah, but like weird creatures everywhere too. I want a world like if you're gonna make an animated world, why would anyone look human? Not, I'm sorry, not why anyone. Why would everyone look human? Why don't you have like those weird long faced like I don't know if they're like wolf people or deer people or rabbit people in Final Fantasy, um, but like have all the weird things in Final Fantasy show up and like where just, are my chocobos at? Absolutely. Because it's very difficult to make a CG chocobo that would look good next to a live action actor, but it would be so comparatively easy to make a chocobo look good in this movie. Yeah, that was it, that was originally in the original script. the The secret super weapon was just firing chocobos from space. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, and like the the super weapon could have been a summon. It could have been like ah, the Ifrit station is ready, and it just creates like an actual gateway to hell, and a demon comes out or something like. That could have been cool. You could punch this movie up with fantasy elements and just set it further in like, you know, it was Earth, but now the remnants of Earth are lost. Like what we knew as Earth is now new Midgar 7 and we we have rebuilt society and evolution has gone through, you know, so many different cycles that humans don't even look human anymore. Some of them look like rabbit people. And and just to be like, you know, this this is how long it has been uh, society has has been since society fell but you could still have like oh i found a stop sign like it's weird that there's like remnants of you know the old society and uh and you could do the same plot you could do all of those things with a colorful <laughs> alien right. world with and, the same shitty plot right and it would be a much better movie is my point though like you could make a shitty plot in a much better movie or you could actually have a good plot, which would be fantastic. But <laughs> I'm not going to ask for too whoa, much whoa, here. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I don't want to go too These far. These are video game movies in exactly. case you um, It, it would have been so much improved by some aesthetic punch-up, though. Just all around. Sure, yeah. I, I, I can I can grok with that. Yeah. Um, I think the next CG Final Fantasy movie is like actually a 7. It's Advent Children, right? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, mark your Advent calendars. Ha-ha! Well, they, that's how we're, what, what? Go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say, do you think they marketed anything with that? Like when that movie was coming out, they sold Final Fantasy advent yeah. calendars, right? Yeah, little chocolate in the shape of Cloud's head. Yeah, Buster Sword chocolate. I'd get um, that. <laughs> well, at least okay, one purchase, great. It's well worth <laughs> yeah. the effort of that whole <laughs> ad campaign. <laughs> well, Nick, that's that's Final Fantasy: The Spirits Within. Colon: The Spirits Within. In within, our review. Within your colon. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what that ghost tentacle was reached for, it seemed <laughs> yeah. like, for Dr. Ross. Um, are you ready for our next movie? Uh, I wouldn't, Do I have to be? <laughs> I mean, ready or not, here it comes. Oh, boy. Uh, our next film is going to be Pokemon colon Mewtwo Returns, the direct-to-video sequel to Pokemon colon the first movie. I am so hesitant. Uh, how do do they explain I mean I don't want to spoil but does Mewtwo like reverse his memory erasing or does he just show up and nobody knows who he is you'll have to wait till next time oh, God.